At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Welcome, everyone, to SI Media with Jimmy Traina. Thank you so much for listening. We have an awesome episode this week. We have Joe Buck and Troy Aikman together, followed by our weekly train of thought segment with Sal Akata. Joe and Troy entering year number, well, not entering, they're in year number 22 together. And uh, this, they will top John Madden and Pat Summerall for the longest broadcast crew in the NFL with 22 years together. So we discussed that in a variety of other topics. Talked to Joe about if he'll ever call baseball again. Got Troy's opinions on the uh, tush push. What's going on with Bill Belichick. Uh, some broadcasting stuff. Tom Brady. So excellent, excellent stuff from Joe and Troy from ESPN Monday Night Football. And then in uh, Train of Thoughts, we uh, read some mailbag questions. We're going to start doing that every week on the podcast. So check that out. Before we get to it, just a quick reminder. If you missed any recent episodes, go into the archives and check them out. We had Brian Curtis from The Ringer on last week, Andrew Marchand in the New York Post two weeks ago, Brian uh, Kevin Clark from ESPN three weeks ago. So if you missed any of those, check them out. Give them a listen. Subscribe to SI Media with Jimmy Trainer and rate and review on Apple. All right, let's get to it. Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, followed by Trainer Thoughts, all right here, right now on SI Media with Jimmy Trainer. All right, very excited. I've had them both separately many times on the podcast, but I have them together. The broadcast crew, the best broadcast crew in the NFL from ESPN, Monday Night Football, Joe Buck, Troy Aikman. Joe, Troy, how you guys doing? Good. We're good. Um, I have a question already. You said the best broadcast crew in the NFL from ESPN's Monday Night Football. Was that the best broadcast crew in the NFL? Um, uh, <laughs> And they're also from ESPN's Monday Night Football, or is it just of all the people that ESPN has doing the NFL, we're the best group? Well, if since you brought that up, then I'll just tell everyone that two weeks ago, I believe it was during the Giants Seahawks game, I tweeted that Troy is so far and away the best analyst in the sport right now that the gap between him and number two is really wide. And Dan Arlovsky actually replied to me on Twitter and was like, hey, you know, like, what about me? So 
I did mean across the entire NFL. Anybody want to respond to that? Look at Troy's just laughing away over there. Yeah, no, I'll thank you yeah. for the compliment. It means yes. a lot. I'll Absolutely. It does. I'll get into, it does mean uh, a lot. It, you know, it, it's kind of a funny thing. You know, you don't get most of the feedback you get is negative and it's people on Twitter and it's people that are ripping you and saying you're a moron and uh, you know, to have somebody who watches this stuff and pays attention saying that is nothing that that uh, I I take lightly. I think it's great. Thank you very much. Well, I appreciate that. And we're going to get into all this stuff, and it's your 22nd year together, and I want to talk about that, and you're passing man in some role. But I do listen and watch very carefully. So I heard something this past Monday night that I'd like to sort of maybe facilitate here on the pod. <laughs> Where Joe, you because I am a degenerate gambler, so anytime there's a bet involved, my ears perk up. Joe, you offered Troy a hundred bucks if Troy could name four players <laughs> on the Texas Rangers. Hey, hey Jimmy, I thought calling. I thought this would be the perfect time to see if Troy can do that, and then you can pay him when you see him on Monday. Uh, let's see, uh, Pudge Rodriguez, uh, uh, Nolan Ryan, uh, Alex Rodriguez. <laughs> so no hundred bucks for Troy. No hundred bucks. No hundred bucks for Troy. Ever made in my life. There you go. So, I, like I love I, that moment though, and and I I think that moment because Steve Ackles, our producer, who's phenomenal, uh, clipped that somebody had that on Twitter and sent that to us the next day. Kind of like, hey, love this for you two guys, and and it is. I think it does kind of speak to our relationship and it speaks to our friendship and it speaks to the fact that he came back with, you know, there was a time in October, I didn't have to work with you. I was so happy that, that like I was, I I love that, that, that he came back at me. So it's that, that stuff is, uh, is, is really fun. And I think hopefully separates us. It was definitely a fun moment. You want to offer Troy 50 bucks if he can name one Texas Ranger. (laughs) Yeah. No, okay. I'm not doing that to him. I, I like him too much. I'm not going to do that to him. I mean, they advance. You got to now. You got to learn one player on the team. Nate Evaldi. There you go. Um, like I said, you guys now 22 years together. Madden and Summerall did 21. I know. I know. Troy, you are a huge, huge Madden guy. Yeah. Talk oh, to me about. Actually. Yeah. I know. Madden. Madden sort of took you under his wing a little bit, right? A little bit, uh, yeah. but it didn't. The friendship didn't initially start that way. Um, you know, first of all, I was really fortunate in, in my career that when we got good, which happened relatively quickly, all things considered, uh, Madden and Summerall they were they narrated my the the highlight reels of, of my career. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm really happy about that but but because of that because they covered so many of our games i became very close friends with them on a personal level uh pat lived just outside of dallas i spent time you know at holiday parties with him uh i did a tv show with him while i was playing for two seasons a weekly show and then madden um got to know him spent uh fourth of july's with him up in northern california and uh played golf with him and so then when I retired and decided to go into broadcasting, uh, I, yeah, I picked his brain a lot. And that first year we were together at Fox. And then one year later, I was actually in Santa Barbara and he called me 
that's how I got the news that he was leaving Fox and going to Monday Night Football, that uh, he called me and gave me the news and had little idea what that might mean to me. Uh, but that's when Joe and I and Chris Collinsworth got paired uh, and moved up. But yeah, John was, uh, he was a special friend as Pat was as well. And the fact that we're even mentioned uh, in, in the same sentence with them because of our longevity, uh, it means a lot. It's something that, that I'm really proud of. The, the worst thing you or any analyst could do is go into a broadcasting career and try to copy or imitate John Madden or be John yeah. Madden. So yeah. given that, what did you try to take from him, though, when you had started to do Well, games? the questions I had was just that there's a lot going on in the booth. And when you get into the booth as a player uh, straight from the field, it's it takes some time to figure out exactly what you're supposed to be looking at. Uh, where, you know, I asked him those kinds of questions, like, what do you focus on pre-snap? What are you looking at at the snap? And and what I found is that, you know, he views it differently, one, because he was a coach, but also because he was a linebacker. So, you know, he views it in the more along the line of scrimmage. That's what he got into a lot of. Matt Millen, the same way. And then when I came into it, I was a unique analyst compared to what Fox had had at that time. And so I talked more bigger picture. I talked more from a quarterback perspective. And there was a resistance initially to where they said, hey, we need more offensive line play. And I said, well, hmm. if you need more offensive line play, then you got the wrong guy because that's not that's not what I do. And uh, and so everybody comes at it a little bit differently. But what John's advice was to me was, you know, hey, where your strength is right now is you're fresh off the field. You know what's happening. You know the players. Whereas his strength was that, he knew television and he had been broadcasting for a long time. So, so that then is what, what he leaned on more. And I, and I agree. I, I don't try to be anybody. I mean, I do listen to all analysts. I, I, I know what I think is good uh, and why it might be good. And with that, then you try to say, okay, yeah, maybe I should, you know, attack this in this way. But at the end of the day, I'm, I'm who I am. My personality is what it is. And I don't try to be John. And I quite honestly, I think early on, uh, there were a lot of analysts trying to be John Madden, and I, I understand it to a point. If he's the best, then everybody's right. kind of wanting to to be that. But I, I, I think that I think analysts now have been given a little bit more runway to be who they are, and I think that those analysts who have been able to do that, I think they've been better served. Yeah. Joe, obviously, Troy was the player, now the broadcaster. You've been a broadcaster your whole life, so I would assume the 22 years together with Troy passing Madden in some role – longest tenured NFL broadcast crew has special meaning to you being in this business with your dad being in this business, et cetera. Yeah. Um, and I have personal ties to both guys. Uh, my dad was a broadcast partner to both. Uh, my dad did radio football with Pat. Um, they were both at CBS for a long time. My dad was one of Madden's first TV partners. And I know John really liked my dad and obviously vice versa. Uh, so I always had that connection to John uh, and to Pat when I would show up at the Fox seminar and I was down the list of of play-by-play guys. So I, I do appreciate that fact. Um, I am proud of the body of work that he and I have put together. You have to throw the first three years in there with Chris too. Um, and I, I, I think we're better now than we've ever been, which I think is the best part of it all. I, I honestly believe that. I think Troy's better than he's ever been. 
I think I'm more dialed in than I've ever been. Maybe that's without baseball and and not kind of running on fumes during this particular month on the calendar. But uh, to to think, at least in my opinion, we're we're you know still growing and still getting better, and and I, that that to me is more exciting than milestones. I, I you know when I was the youngest, this and the youngest that. <laughs> I just had to go do it. I, I didn't really get caught up in all that stuff. And and at the end of the day, nobody really cares other than my family. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm proud of everything I've done with, with the other guy on this podcast. And I'm really proud of everything I've done with you, Jimmy, over the years. Uh, I feel like we've done some good work, too. We have. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to grill you later on some things. No, I, that's I, fine. Got, I hope so. We've got some things to discuss. <laughs> Just on your 22 years before we switch gears, did you, did either of you have, it could be different, a moment, a game, a season where you felt like we're really good, we're in a groove, this is working, this is kind of special? Like, when did you first feel that? Mm, I think... I think right out of the gate, I knew it was it was pretty interesting. I don't think... Uh, I think it was very different, obviously, with another person in there being Chris and Chris and Troy being very different people and very different broadcasters. By the way, I think that's really the only time it kind of works when when the two analysts in a three man booth are different. And that was certainly the case with with Chris and and Troy. But uh, I, I I never felt like we weren't. Uh, in a good rhythm. I never felt like we were a bad listen. I, I do feel like once you get through your first Super Bowl and you come back around and you're lined up for the next year and now Chris had moved on and it was Troy and me, it didn't take long that that fourth year total for us to get into it in an even better <clears throat> rhythm because it was almost like the the weight was off, the 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 weights, the the handicap was off. And that has nothing to do with Chris. It could have been anybody. But I think three-man booths are very hard. And when it was just the two of us, it became very easy to get into a rhythm together. And I, I, he knew when I stopped talking, it was his turn. I knew when he stopped talking, at some point it was my turn, as opposed to having another person in there. So I I think I would say year four is when it felt like, okay, this this is really good. I enjoy this, and hopefully it lasts for a while. Trey, you got anything on that? Yeah, no, I I would basically agree. I don't think there was, uh, you know, this moment when, hey, this is really good or, hey, this works. Um, I know that I had been in a three-man booth my first year with Moose and then three years following that with Chris. And, I mean, I knew four games into my career with Moose that three-man booth was tough and it wasn't something that I really wanted to continue to do. So I was excited when when it became a two-man booth um and you just control the broadcast a little bit more you know and it's not you're not scatter shooting after every play uh and chasing a lot of different things so that part of it was good and i and i would just add this jimmy that and joe and i have talked about it we've talked about it on other podcasts and with other writers that when you get to 22 years there's a lot of things that have gone well for you i mean there's there's other pairings that could have lasted that long as well but it was not because of anything they could control and there was changes made or this network lost football or whatever whatever it might be you know or this guy wanted to retire 
Joe and I came in, you know, we're roughly the same age. I'm a little bit older. And, uh, but when, when, when I left for ESPN, there was no certainty that Joe was going to be able to get out of his contract. So there was a lot going on there. And I think that, that had Joe have not wanted to come to ESPN or if I had not wanted Joe to work with Joe any longer, we, we both had equal opportunities to kind of take a stand and say, Hey, this has been great for, you know, 20 years, but you know, it's time to kind of move on. We could have very easily have done that. And I think the fact that we're still working together, it's one thing to say, hey, you really respect the guy and you're really close friends. But I think that both of us going to ESPN and continuing to work, uh, you know, really put an exclamation mark at the end of that. Uh, and and it, it, it meant a lot to me. I mean, I can't even begin to tell you how much it's meant to me that Joe wanted to come and continue to work with me and and uh, and I and I think it's fair to say that it meant as much to him that I wanted to continue to work with him. And so, if anything else, going to ESPN has only made our relationship that much stronger. The parallel is interesting because here you are passing Madden and Summerall, and Madden and Summerall, and you guys are the rare teams that stayed together at different networks. They were obviously at CBS for a million years. CBS loses the NFL. They went together to Fox. I'm sure. You know, NBC at the time who had the who had the rights could were trying to get them or ES Monday Night Football, but they stayed together. And then here you guys are. Troy goes to ESPN. Joe wasn't there yet. It was Troy leaving first, and then you guys end up end up together. It's an interesting parallel to Madden and Summerall that you, you remain together. I mean, John ended up having other partners afterwards, but um, you know, we work with Al Michaels. But it's an interesting. I'm pretty pretty sure John ended up at every network. Yeah, he um, did. I think yeah. you know uh, when it when it was all said and done, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm just as proud of that, and and I do like that parallel that Pat and John stayed together, and he and I stayed together, and I, mm. it's just this business is too weird, and it's too it's too tough at times, not knowing who is standing next to you and what they're all about and what their motives are, and if they've got your back and. You know, to to have that and to have the forget the the mechanics of the broadcast and the rhythm and all that stuff, we've got that down. That's baked in. But knowing, like even that moment that we've already talked about, where I know I can throw something at him, if if I was working this year with Greg Olson and I said that, I don't know if that's going to piss him off. I don't know if that's if he's going to be like, hey, why are you trying to? But Troy one up to me. By by ripping me, saying there was a time when I didn't have to work with you in October, that's that's what I'm talking about. Like I can right. give him trouble, he can give it back and be better at it than me, and that is like a great moment for us. It has nothing to do with me. Like I genuinely root for Troy to be great, and I know he does for me, and that that is what it's all about. And I would imagine with Madden and Summerall not having asked him this specifically, but they fit together so well. Because John was so big and such a big presence and a personality and a wham and, you know, kind of snot hanging off the face mask and all the other stuff. And Pat was the straight man. And and we're not that, but we fit together on the air in a way that I think is genuinely pleasing to people's ears and sensibilities when they're listening to the game, if, if they bother to listen to it that closely. I, I think I said this to Troy the last time he was on, and he sort of stayed silent and gave me a look, but I'll try again. How happy are you you didn't go to Amazon with all those crappy games? <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say it quite like that. I think that, you know, at the end of the day, 
we want to call good <laughs> games, you know. And and last year, this isn't a newsflash. The games on Amazon, uh, you know, weren't great. And I think the league uh, addressed that. And, you know, there's still a lot of football left, but they've had some good games and uh, and our schedule's strong. So uh, I, 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 I like that part of it. And I like that we're in the Super Bowl rotation. You know, yep. that's uh, that was a big part of it as well. You guys have to be looking forward to that, I'm sure. But it's still a little bit ways away so you can't yeah. look forward to it too yeah. much yeah um i want to put a bow on on the madden and summerall situation with you guys passing them with a clip from john madden um that i'd like to get a response from from you guys shelby do you have the audio of that clip please for uh joe and troy of john madden during a game and you noticed uh, Pat Troy Aikman's trying to grow a beard, and he just can't do it. I mean, you know, the blonde-haired guys, a lot of them have trouble, but I can't even, I'm looking as close as I can, and I can't see any beard, but he's been, that's a four-day beard, isn't well, it? It's a passive attempt. But it's very, very <laughs> passive. Troy, did you ever confront Madden about that? No. Well, a couple <laughs> things. One is, see, I knew, I knew in production meetings if there was something John was going to jump on during the ball game the next day. And we talked about that. He asked me, you know, John, one of his great strengths was he's, he was very observant of everything. And then he would have his take on it. And, but he, I, I had a little growth and, you know, what are you doing? And I was just answering. I knew there was probably a chance he was going to be doing something on it. And then when there's blowout games, you know, that's when he gets a chance to just go off the rails and go wherever he wants. And, and uh, you know, so that that didn't surprise me at all. Didn't talk to him. The reason I didn't talk to him was, you know, they didn't have TiVo back then. You could record on VHS, but nobody really, you know, that was a lot. You know, you had to read the manual to figure that out as to how it was going to be done. That so, would be all over Twitter, that clip today. Yeah, I never went back and, and watched games of mine. So I never wow. I never knew what, what, what John had had to say. And, well, the... The best part of that is obviously it's not going to work for a podcast, but if you watch on YouTube, he actually uses the Telestrator. Oh, I've seen it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I've yeah. seen it. Yeah, yeah. and uh, but that was that was John's greatness. I mean, when people reflect on John Madden, they don't talk about anything that he talked about that had to do with football, and yet John would tell you that he was a football guy, and you'd say, "Well, maybe," but that's not what everyone knows you as. I mean, they knows you knows you know you as a guy who's busting through in the Miller Lite commercials, and you know, boom, bam, and fast acting, to acting, and you know, all that stuff. So, Joe, do you want to wait? I see you laughing. Do you want? You have anything you want to chime in? No, with? I just, I, I just, it's almost like a badge of honor. Like for if if I'm Troy, that 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 you have that clip of somebody like John talking about his beard i think it's funny i mean that was the kind of stuff that he would say about you know all of us at, at the seminar eventually at some point he'd have some wise crack about something about you um and like like troy said he was just very observant uh you know had stuff that he would say to me about my dad but i, I think a lot of the stories that my dad told me and even watching him from a distance uh interact with big time analysts served me well as I think back on it. I remember my dad doing games with Madden and him hearing in his ear. I don't know if it was Bob Stenner, John's longtime producer or somebody else at that point, but my dad was asking John on the air questions, trying to lead him in certain directions. 
And I remember it clear as as if it were yesterday, my dad telling me, you know, the producer saying, John, John doesn't need that. John doesn't want that. And and then his time with Tim McCarver in baseball, I, I knew that I knew the the seating and the hierarchy of that booth. And and it was Tim who was hosting Olympics at that time. And my dad was the guy who took over for Brent Musburger, who had been fired and was really my dad was supposed to do the number two game with Jim Cott. Uh, that that was a rough go, you know, with those two, and and they didn't really see eye to eye and and whatever, and and so I I think there's been something baked into me to to be, and maybe that's why I've I've enjoyed everybody I've worked with is I've been willing to when it was Tim, kind of try to, you know, hoist him up as best I could and and smoltz and set him up. It's it's about being a setup guy. It's about calling the action and either getting out of the way or knowing with whatever action you just called, it's right in the garden spot for the analyst to talk about. And that comes from knowing Troy's sensibilities in this case. And and so I, you know, it's stuff that that was baked into me watching my dad that, that I, I wasn't even aware was right. happening at the time. And I think some of the issues he had with doing big time network TV benefited me without me even really realizing it. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Rain or shine, every day is a great day for fishing, right? You got rain gear, but you can't overlook sunny day gear. A Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie has you covered on the sunniest days. Like literally. I mean, who wouldn't trade a sunburn for a trophy fish? But why do it if you don't have to? Especially when this Solar Stream Elite hoodie is built with broad-spectrum UV protection. We're talking UPF 50, and it has airflow so you don't overheat. And what's the alternative? Putting down the rod every half hour so you can slather on some sunscreen. Seems like an easy choice to me. Columbia PFG has you covered with their Castback TC shoe. Its OmniMax cushioning and traction system helps if you're on your feet a lot, say, fighting a fish. Not to mention keeping you sure-footed on a wet, rocking boat. So if you're going to be spending long days out on the water, and I sincerely hope that you will be, head over to Columbia.com PFG and shop all their performance fishing gear. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I want to switch gears a little bit. I had Brian Curtis of The Ringer on this podcast last week who wrote a big feature on you guys about doing 22 years together and, and passing Madden and Summerall. And my favorite part of the story was an anecdote uh, where I guess when you guys would leave games and you would be in the car going to the airport or the hotel or wherever, I know how much Joe 
hates Twitter and has been Twitter fodder. X? You mean X? No, I still say Twitter. And Troy <laughs> would read Joe's Twitter mentions. And I was impressed by the level of ball busting by Troy on that. Well, but, I, mine. I would read mine. It, it oh, just, I thought you would read Joe's. No, no, I would read oh. mine, and and you know Joe would be mentioned in some of them, right? And I, you know, I, you know, some of these people that that tweet are really clever. You know, yeah, <laughs> it's pretty funny right, stuff. Right. I don't even read it anymore. I'm not very active. I'm, I'm active on Instagram. That's about yeah. it. So, yeah. Twitter I was jealous. Tweet. I noticed The Rock likes a bunch of your posts on Instagram. I was very impressed by that. Yeah, no, I've gotten to know him. He's endorsed my beer, too. So that's... Uh, there you go. Eight that doesn't beer. hurt anything, but yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I, it was, I think it does... You know, I, I feel like we all battled the, the Twitter slash X uh, phenomenon when you do network TV, um, some more than others. You know, I, I'm friends with enough people that that are in other areas of media that don't really have that experience with social media. Like I'm, Rudd's not even on it. But if he were, it'd be like, oh my God, Paul, I love you. You're the best. You know, I, I loved Ant Man. It was unreal. Or John Hamm. Oh God, that was unbelievable. Uh, you know, I can't. I'm blanking on the name of the damn show that he's famous. Mad for. Men. Mad yeah, Men. Mad Men. Uh, I had Ant-Man on the mind and, and yeah. I, I, and so their experience with social media is different when you're the person calling these games and, and Troy's the person analyzing these games and half the audience is pissed off because either a, they're diehard fans of that team or B like you, they just lost a big bet. <laughs> they're coming at you with whatever yeah. they got just because they're mad and, yeah. and they were the messengers. So you know, at some point you have to separate yourself from it. So when Troy would do that in the back of the car, uh, I'd just be like, "Will you just turn that shit off, please?" <laughs> it's just driving me. Like I don't, yeah. I don't get on there. And like Troy and I, here's the, here's the what you do. I mean, here's what you do. Okay, I mean, he's getting into Madden, but you you do the game, you let a day go by, you post something. People then comment on that post, right? Right. Thereby shoving down all the "you sucked on this game" comments, <clears throat> and then you're you're free to go about your business and and look back at Twitter. Mentions. Well, I always tell people in the business who sometimes listen. Every single person has sort of um, been in the muck on Twitter for either tweeting something bad or doing something. Everyone's had like a moment. And I always tell like friends who'll come to me about, should I, you know, should I tweet about it? Should I address it? Should I, I say, if you just wait 24 hours, it'll go away because then it'll be someone else's turn to get all the shit for it. Like if you could just write it out 24 hours, you're fine. It's hard. Yeah, well, the other, the other, yeah. there's two things to that. One is for, from my perspective, you know, there wasn't social media when I played, right? But there was plenty of critics and, right you know, and writers and, you know, you run into people and I forget exactly how, you know, talk radio. Um, and, and when you're the Cowboys quarterback, you deal with that, you know, and it's just part of, part of the job. And, you know, you don't read the paper, you don't turn on the TV at night and watch the local news and you don't listen to the radio when you're in your car and, um, and you just move on. And so, 
then we were broadcasting when social media came about. Uh, and so I think that from the perspective of having been a player, it wasn't as effective. I wasn't as affected by it, I guess. Yeah. But now, I don't know. It's probably wrong for me to say this, but does anybody even care about Twitter or X or whatever it is? I mean, I know Elon <laughs> Musk does. He paid a lot of money for it, but... But I don't. Well, I don't, he's lost a lot of money on it. That's I don't why. Pay five seconds worth of attention to anything that's on that's on Twitter or what's written about me, or I don't look at replies. I, you know, it's just who cares? You know who, ca- you know who cares? Your bosses. Well, that's I think they once. Uh, I know at Fox they once did, and I'm sure. I'm sure yeah. at ESPN. I'm sure. I'm sure they do. I'm not suggesting yeah. that. And I agree with you. It's bizarre. I don't think they should care, but they. But do. I don't think it carries the weight that maybe it once did. I, think I people, agree. And I don't think there's as much venom. I mean, maybe I'm totally wrong, but I think that I think I think everyone's kind of tired. Yeah, because of everyone loves Joe now. <laughs> but, Which leads me to something I I I, I have to ask you, Joe. Like you said, we've had some good podcast moments. You've been on a million times. So I feel like I can talk to you the way like I would talk to a good friend. Yeah, go ahead. Why can't you just cut the nonsense, stop this charade, and do some baseball for ESPN already? Yeah, it's not going to Stop happen. playing this game. People on Twitter during the playoffs have been like, where's Joe Buck? We want Joe Buck. I checked. Well, Joe Buck's been gone for two years now, and he ain't coming back. Stop. So I, I, stop. I'm not. You will never, ever call a baseball playoff game. Like they, they had four games the other day, ESPN. I mean, they're trotting out A-Rod. Like, you can't do one game for us in the playoffs one they're of these trotting years. trotting out A-Rod. They yeah, nobody, nobody wants to hear A-Rod, so. They're trotting out A-Rod. Uh, Why yeah, can't you just stop the charade? They're, they're, they're not going to trot me out. I, they trotted me out of the pregame show a couple nights ago. Right. Uh, Scott, lo- Scott Van Pelt lost his voice. Yeah, so uh, that's good. I'll, I'll step in in a pinch in that case. If if there's a playoff game in St. Louis and somebody shows up and, and they forgot their suit and they or they can't talk and, and somebody needs to run down there and do it, I will tell you this. I am, I'm lost on, on who's who. Like you, I'm giving Troy crap about can you name four Rangers? There's been so much turnover in two years that getting out of it. Yeah, I watched. I watched some of the playoff game last night. I'm like, I don't know who seventy percent of these players. I've never heard of any of them. So I, I would have if I were to go back and be like, oh yeah, just go call a game. Well, that that requires a hell of a lot of work because you're catching up for X number of it'll be years by that point. So. If the Cardinals need me or want me to come down and do a game someday with Chip Carey to have Buck and Carey together again, maybe I would do that just for fun. But I I just don't have any desire to call network baseball anymore. All right. So just to be clear for all the aggregators out there, Joe Buck will never call a baseball game on ESPN. And 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 aggregate all you want. Mm-hmm. If if I do it someday, mm-hmm. I, I don't think anybody's going to remember this moment oh they will i'll make sure of it (laughs) believe me like i like i always try to make make people remember the time i told you that tom brady would be your broadcast partner when troy left before we knew you were going to leave and if you if you're still wrong on that if fox didn't let you out of your contract i would be right it'd be you and tom next year okay well maybe maybe you will be right Uh but at that at at this (laughs) moment you were not right 
Okay. I, but I, I say I'm right. <laughs> okay. Well, of course you do. Tre- Trey, do you have any relationship with Tom? Has he come to you for broadcasting yeah. advice yet? Like, yeah. is he, he, yeah. Uh, he has? Yeah. Yeah. What uh, do you think about him doing it next year? Some people, you know, there's a lot of questions about whether he'd be good, whether he'd not be. I think he's going to be great. And I'm curious. I don't know if you can share anything that you've talked to him about, but I would love to hear it. No, I think he'll be great as well. I mean, <laughs> you never know. I mean, there's a lot of people, of course, that that people thought would be great that weren't. So you you, you never do know. But Tom's one of those one of those guys that has been great at everything he's done, and he works hard at it, puts in the time, doesn't take shortcuts, and you know. So I I think he'll be great as well. Um, yeah. And and so the question is, is he going to do it? I think he has every intention of doing it. I think he's watching this year and seeing what he can pick up. Um, I'm sure at some point, if he hasn't already, he'll be in the trucks or be in the booths at, at some of the games uh, watching as well. But, you know, I do think that the uh, you know, he's in a he's in a moment in time like I was when I got going where he's got young children and and now he's gone through a divorce and is a single father it's a great job for that i will say that um because you are flexible in your schedule and uh but you are also gone um you know for a good part of the weekends and for six months five months whatever it might be and is i was in a position to where i i didn't necessarily need the job but it was uh, i i i was going to need to do something and for him you know, that's a decision that he has to ask himself uh, with where he is in life. How much time does he not want to miss out on? And that's what we talked about. But uh, if he does it, and I assume he will, I think he'll be fantastic. I think he'll be fantastic, too. And I think he'll be fantastic for the reason why I think you're good. And this is, this brings it back to what I said at the top. What I appreciate about you is you don't have any issues calling out a ref or a player if they screw up. Now, I'm not saying I need analysts to rip the guys, go over the top, be disrespectful. But I, I cited this on, on the podcast last week when I was talking to Brian Curtis about it. In the giant Seahawks game, it's a little thing, but there was a play where um, Geno Smith dropped back to pass. Kenneth Walker was supposed to block. He didn't do anything on the play. You did the replay and you said, well, they have Kenneth Walker there to protect, but he does absolutely nothing. Every other analyst would be like, well, you know, he was trying to do this or like maybe he didn't, like they sugarcoat it and try. You just come out. He did nothing. It's not disrespectful. It's just straight calling what you see. I don't understand. And I think Tom will be able to do that. That's why I think he'll be good. And that's why I think you're good. Why do you think so many analysts have so much trouble just calling out a player if they do something or didn't do their job or did something wrong on the field? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I will say uh, for me that the last thing I would want to be known as is someone who calls out coaches or calls out players. I mean, cause I, I don't think that that's, I don't think that's who I am. I don't, but if, if a guy does something wrong or makes a mistake or does, then, then I just, I just say it as I see it, you know, and I, and my personality in general is, is pretty direct. You know, I don't, I, I don't typically use a lot of words to get my point across, um, but I have great respect for the coaches and the players that do it. Uh, and where I get frustrated and maybe get more upset is when I see a lack of effort. Uh, that's that's what really incenses me. Um, Tom, I, I think Tom and I are a lot alike, uh, to be quite honest with you, that 
you know, he runs pretty hot uh, as a competitor. We've seen that side of him. Uh, and he definitely has opinions on how he feels the game should be played. And as a quarterback, he didn't have much patience for it. And it's the reason why he was able to have the career that he had. Uh, and so, yeah, I think he'll be, it's, it, it, there's part of it is finding his voice and just, you know, who he's working with and how he's able to, you know, say what he wants to say. I think every guy comes into the booth, whether you're a coach or former player that feels like, Hey, I'm going to educate the world on football. And then you realize you have no time to do that. Uh, so you got to pick your moments and now the game's played faster than it ever has <laughs> been before. So you have less time, but, uh, but yeah, I think he's going to give an honest, unvarnished opinion. And I think he's going to be really good. Yeah. I like the fact too, that you will cr criticize the officials when they need to be like <laughs> the end of that cheese Vikings game. Like I Start like Tony Romo you from now on. You can, I take, <laughs> but like the end of the chiefs Vikings game, like I like Tony Romo, but like they pick up a flag on a pass interference. That was a pass interference. Then the guy takes his helmet off. Whoever's in that booth has to be calling that out. I mean, that was horrible at the end of that game. But I'm not going to put you on the spot and make you comment on that. Well, I think um, you have. I, yeah. I'm not, I don't know. I didn't see that with Tony. I, I just think that uh, I think the fan, I don't do the game trying okay, to placate the fan. Right. Uh, but I, I do think there are certain things that, that are in the job description of being an analyst. And I think you got to have an opinion and you've got to say what you think or you know, give your thoughts. I don't think you can just simply let things go and and not not weigh in on them. And and I think I think Troy knows that I'm not scared to have an opinion too. And and right. he's he's not going to be on his own, you know. And 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 I I can't speak to anybody else. I, I would be probably the worst person to speak on anybody else's dynamic in the booth because I think you have to be there, see it, feel it to know what it is, but. I think if Troy goes in on something, more than likely, I'm going to agree with it. If I don't, I think he knows that I'll say I don't, and we can get into it that way. If we agree on something and John Perry now or in years past Mike Pereira didn't agree with it, you know, I, I, I like those debates too because I think <clears> – <throat> somebody's opinion is going to be served you know everybody's will be that that's watching because it's it's either was that a good call or not right and 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 i i remember our our former boss not liking the way that i would bring mike Pereira in and and i just trying to get it because there's a limited amount of time i would say mike do you like that call i mean that that's pretty much why you're there is that, is that did they do that right or, or is that am i are we not seeing this right. And the answer is yes or no. I mean, do you like that call? You used to be their boss. Was that a good call? I mean, I don't know. I don't know how much, any other way to do it any quicker. You, you've Can you hear my, the words, you yeah. like that and not think of Kirk Cousins? I mean, is that even possible? <laughs> no, it is you not. Like it is not. <laughs> you've piqued my interest, though. What did they not like about the way you brought in Pereira? I don't know. I because I guess because it's it's making him take a stand on a call that's made by an official that's employed by the NFL. And now he's got well, to say that was a good call. That was a bad call. That was the NFL will like that. The NFL won't like that. I don't, I don't know. I have no I'm idea. You like that. You like that. Uh, I'm trying to be respectful and not give my opinion of what I think of the rules analyst. Well, let me ask you, when you go to John Perry, do, is that, all you going to him or is that a producer in your ear telling you when to go to him? 
that's pretty much us. I mean, I can see him. He's, you know, for some reason he's switched. Have you noticed that, Troy, that he's now to our left? Is there a reason for that? <laughs> yeah, there is. And I've got to, I've, I've been meaning to get the change back, but <laughs> typically he's down past Troy. So I can see him. It, it, it makes way more sense for him to be Detroit's right. Because I'm on the left, Troy to my right. He should be beyond him so I can see him like I, I have something to say about this. Now he's behind me. Right. And so I, sometimes I forget he's there. And and I right. the, our producers, uh, act, Steve Ackles, will say, hey, you know, John can weigh in this. I'm like, oh, yeah, shit. He's over. He's right there. Uh, go ahead, John. What do you what do you see? Was that a good call? <laughs> the, the answer is usually no. And they say yes. But. We don't have to get into that. Okay. Uh, all right. A couple of football questions. I want to ask Troy as the former player. The tush push. There's people want it like banned. I'm curious what you think as a former player. I don't. I don't know how you ban a specific play. I mean, I guess you put rules in about where the players have to be lined up. But just want to get your take on that as one of the all-time great quarterbacks. Well, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not crazy about the play. You know. Um, because why? I don't know. It just seems cheap a little bit. You know, I mean, I, I don't know. I just, I, it just seems like, I don't know. It just seems like a mass of people and just, you know, whatever. I just, it's just, it's just not something that I'm that fond of. And I, but, but to say now, should it be banned? I, I hate to say that just because the fact that the, the, the Eagles are the only team that's really, got it dialed in you know everyone else tries it and it's just they you know it's like jet motion you know i mean the rams started doing it and then everybody started doing it but the rams were still the only ones having any success with it you know it's like people do it but they don't even really know what they're doing or why they're doing it so i i don't like the way it looks um but i was surprised quite honestly i really thought that the league would would get rid of it after this past year um and my guess is just because some guys have gotten hurt when the Giants tried it, and now there's more discussion about it. My guess is is that this might be the last year we see it. I think it was the Giants. They were just a complete embarrassment because nobody pushed Daniel Jones. Why do you think... Nobody pushed, and they lost two offensive linemen in the process. But why do you think other teams can't pull it off, and why are the Eagles the only team that can do it? Because the Eagles quarterback can squat 600 pounds. Troy, Good would answer. you have enjoyed doing that, being shoved from behind yeah. as you plow ahead into oh. massive people? It sounds awful. I went seven years without running a quarterback sneak, and then Barry Switzer came in and couldn't understand when we got stopped against the Eagles uh, in 1995 on the road at the vet. We went for it twice on fourth and one. There was a penalty, and Madden – about jumped out of the booth. He was so. Oh, I remember that. Decision. That's on YouTube. I watched that recently. It right. is on so YouTube. Yeah. We didn't. We didn't even. We didn't even have quarterback sneak in the, <laughs> the game in, in the playbook. And uh, Barry Switzer was just uh, flabbergasted that that such a play didn't exist, uh, especially as a former wishbone head coach. And and the next week, the quarterback sneak was <laughs> was in the game plan, and, and it was run. Um, I'm not sure if I picked it up or not, but yeah, I, um, I, you know, Patrick Mahomes got hurt on a quarterback sneak. It's, I'm not saying they're not outlawing quarterback sneaks. I don't want anybody to get right. misrepresent what I'm saying. Right. Right. Um, I think the chiefs yeah. have outlawed them. 
Yeah, they they probably have. I don't know that oh. they've run it since, but uh, can but you? Yeah, that's can, the deal. I mean, they got a great. You, the reason it works is the Eagles got a you know arguably the best offensive line in football, yeah. and like Joe said, they got a quarterback that squats six hundred pounds, and and I don't know anyone else that uh, can do that. Yeah. Can you remember off the top of your head? You 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 might not be able to. What's the most rushing yards you had in a game? Probably would have been my rookie year. I think I had uh, two or three hundred yards rushing my rookie year. I'd have to look it up, but I was, you know, I could run. I I, I went yeah. to Oklahoma as a wishbone quarterback, right. and uh, you know, so I I could run. I was a, I timed uh, four six in college, um, and then as I as as and and what happens, Jimmy, for young quarterbacks, uh, you run because you don't know what you're looking at. Young quarterbacks run more than veteran quarterbacks first and foremost because they don't know what they're seeing and they're confused and they get pressure and they just tuck it and run and as quarterbacks get more and more acclimated to the pocket and learn coverages and the offense in the nfl they start throwing from the pocket more we saw that even with a guy like steve young so yeah um it's just a natural progression and then as you get older then your legs start to go out on you and you better be able to throw from the pocket or you're gonna have a really short career it's funny because I think I heard Aaron Rodgers yesterday on McAfee say that he's told Josh Allen to try to, you know, slide, take a knee, not run as much. Cause, <laughs> well, you know. he's, he's, I, 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 I think, uh, the head coach there in Buffalo, uh, McDermott has yeah. told him long before Aaron Rodgers, but yeah, nice of Aaron to weigh in on that as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing I wanted to ask, and you can both weigh in on this, but I'm just a fan, so I don't know anything. But I would think if you win six Super Bowls, you're sort of good for life. But now everyone's saying Belichick has to be fired, might be fired. The Patriots fans want him fired. Who knows what Bob Kraft's going to do? Go ahead, Troy. Oh, he's waving to your son back there. <laughs> Tell him hi. I'd love to hear Uncle, what Uncle Troy says. Hi, Brokey. <laughs> he's got pink eye. If, if, if something- oh, great. Look, if Bill Belichick were to lose his job in New England, right? Um, it it not that anyone needs to be reminded. It just is a reminder. It's tough business. No. Seriously, seriously. I mean, I get that he's seventy one. I don't think you know. You hear people say the game has passed them by. I don't think that's the case but i do think it maybe it's tough to coach at that age these days because the players are so young i don't know but i don't think i I don't think that's it at all i really don't i i think uh i think he's very much in tune with his with his players um i I just think they've they've not drafted well right and they don't have a quarterback they have no talent anywhere they have no receivers no running backs i mean it's it's not just it all goes on the quarterback but where's their playmaker well, that's it, and I say they don't have a quarterback. I mean, I I, I like Mac. I know he's I know he struggled. I, I guess it, the, a better way of saying it is when you have one of the best that's in the game and the best that's ever played the game, and you look at the teams that have had success that are having you know they they've they've got quarterbacks that are playing at an unbelievably high level. I mean, that's how you win big. And Tom made up for a lot of mistakes. I mean, he really did. He made up for a lot of mistakes in the draft room. Uh, he made up for a lot of uh, inefficiencies in their in their team. I've always believed, Jimmy, that any weakness in a team ultimately gets exposed through the quarterback position. Because if you don't have a defense, you're playing from behind. You're constantly having to throw. If you don't have an offensive line, you you know you then it's all and it all 
it all shows up at quarterback and the fans always then point to the quarterback say oh well he's the problem well tom he didn't let those things show up at the quarterback position he made up for them they didn't have an offensive line he'd throw the ball away would not take a sack get me into the fourth quarter give me a chance to win the game and i'll make enough plays to win the game and that's what he did i mean there were teams that he was a part of they, that won super bowls at the end of his time in new england you put pretty much any other quarterback on the field with those teams, they wouldn't have won Super Bowls. Right. I mean, there's, I, I'm, I, I believe that. Yeah. So um, now you've got Mac, who I thought had a really good rookie year, did a lot of good things. Last year, I don't know how you can judge a quarterback based on last year. What he went through, I can't even imagine. With the two and offensive look, coordinators? A special teams coach and a former defensive coordinator. I, I, you know, I, and I love those guys, and I love Matt Patricia, but I've never known a defensive coordinator in all my years that I would have said, Hey, I think this guy can make a great offensive coordinator. And Bill Belichick knows more football than than I'll ever dream of. But And he knows that. But for whatever reason, he overestimated what they would be able to do. So to try to then evaluate Mac Jones on that, I think is totally unfair. Yeah. And now you go into this year, who knows how much confidence he lost last year. Now there's even more pressure on him. He's had things go against him. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure they're great around him on that side of the ball this year. Um, so... Anyway, long way of saying that's how you lose games. Yeah. You think Bill would get hired right away if, if the Patriots moved on? 100%. Yeah. Joe, I'm curious. You guys, I understand. He may go it's, to the Fox pregame. Is that true? No. Oh, I almost bought that. That was good. That was good. I was like Belichick on TV, but I could see him wanting to analyze things. So that's why I, I actually for a think second. Bill's got a lot to, I mean, th that's another conversation in a different yeah. podcast some other day, but I, I, I think somebody like Bill, we've, he had Troy and I have been in a million meetings with Bill. He's happy to talk about anything you want to tell. You want to talk about baseball and the history of the DH, right? You want to talk about why Clemente was a great outfielder, uh, He'll talk about that for an hour. You, you just—it's just when you start talking to him about his team, he clamps up. So, I mean, I, I, who knows what he's willing to say and not willing to say? I was kidding about that, but I, yeah, yeah, I, I'm. I everything Troy said, you know that that's that's it. But Bill is the guy who made those decisions. Bill is the guy who's done the drafting. Bill is the guy who put Patricia in that spot. Bill is a guy, so you can't separate those things. Right. And Brady's not there. So he he he's responsible for that too, as much as the winning. Right. This is a stupid question, but I'll throw it out there. Just who knows? I, I'm sure you don't have any say in ESPN flexing out a game, but can you make your opinion known? Like, can you say, hey, in three weeks we have, you know, Bears, Vikings, are we gonna get rid of this game? Or do you you don't say a word about that, Joe. Me? Um, yeah. No, I, I believe me. I, I think the network is well ahead of where Troy and I would be, uh, and and I think that those years of doing Thursday night football, I'm pretty much fine with calling any game and any matchup. I mean, we'll we'll make it good. And we did that Seattle Giants game. I could make the case that 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 was one of our more fun games that we've done in a long time. It wasn't fun for Daniel Jones. It wasn't fun for Giants fans. But, you know, if if a game gets out of hand or gets gets a little wonky, then then you can have fun within that game. So I, I, I don't get into all that stuff. But I, I think the, the network um, is hopeful that if the game is a D minus, is a D, forget F, 
uh, that that they'll be able to go to a B. I don't think we're going to go from a D to a to an A, but I, I think a more competitive game is why it's there. If if we're not going to do it, if if we're not ever going to get out of a game that's you know not that compelling, I, I think Monday night has got to get back to and and we're so close to it already. But it's such appointment TV. I think Sunday night drafts off a day of football. It leads into a nice matchup, a great matchup at times. And it's easy to just leave the TV on and, okay, the late Fox game is uh, is over. The late CBS game's over. Let's go to the NBC pregame and let it roll into. But now Monday night, and you've been watching college football all day Saturday, NFL all day Sunday, Sunday <clears throat> night. You need a, I, in my opinion, in, with all the options that are out there, you need a really compelling matchup to, you know, to to draw people back to their television. So, um, I, I think everybody gets that and realizes that, and and I think that's why we have to have a competitive standings altering game by the time you get to week twelve, which is when our flex abilities start. Forget week twelve. I mean, you you might need it soon. I, I think as a well, we as can't. A, that's those uh, are the rules. I thought yours starts week or maybe that's Sunday night week six. Yeah, week twelve. Okay, uh, week twelve. All right, because as a nerd who follows this stuff way too much, I think you're going to see more flexing for Thursday, Sunday, and Monday than any year before because they loaded up so many teams in prime time who are not good: the Broncos, the Giants, the Patriots, the Bears, the Raiders. Like they're loaded. So, well, you have well, Dolphins, we'll Jets, I mean, week we'll, we'll 12. We'll see how, how legitimate our Let's chances see. of flexing are. I, I think we've got Here a guy go. on our crew. Uh-huh. Week, tw- week 12, you have Bears, Vikings. That game will probably have to get flexed. I think, and I think as we look at it now, and who knows what happens between now and, and then, whenever that decision, I think, is is 10 or 12 days out when that has to be made. Who knows if something changes, um, and, and maybe it will. Uh, but I think of all the games we have on the back end of our schedule, that's the the only one that that as we sit here now goes oh that that likely will get flexed. Right. But I, who knows? Right. All right, Troy. I'm going to make a statement, and you tell me why I'm wrong. Barring injury, the season's over, and the Niners are winning the Super Bowl. Oh, I, I love the 49ers. Um, you know, Joe knows that. I love everything about what they do on both sides of the ball, the way that they play. I love Kyle. John Lynch is, you know, they've done an amazing job building that team. You know, I, but you still have to go play. And so, I mean, it's, it's all cliche. I, I, if they can stay healthy, they would definitely be my pick. You know, I just yeah. think they're, I think they're, I don't want to say better coached than anyone else. I think they're as as well coached as any team in football. I think they've got uh, who I regard as the best head coach in football right now. If I had my pick as a GM, he would be my first pick. Kyle would be. I don't even know who my second choice would be. And they play a style that's that you just don't see. So um, it's it would take. S- I mean, they can afford some injuries because they're so good at so many positions. But, you know, I think it would have been interesting last year if Brock Purdy had stayed healthy. Yeah. That might have looked like in the championship game. 
You know, I really do. I think yeah. it would have been a heck of a game. But uh, I thought at but, the time said, when you can go out there in any given any given day, as you know, and, and right, just right. be off and, and, and lose to a team that's not as good. We see that each and every week. It just seems like they've got the mojo this year. It's going to be hard. Yeah, I, I thought last I think, year- you know, quite honestly, Jimmy, I, I think that this is a team that has done it <laughs> for for several years. I mean, they've been really good. And but if they don't win a championship and I would now make the argument, you almost have to win two before you get regarded as, as a team. I don't want to say dynasty, but as a, as a team that historically is remembered. And yeah. so that's what eludes this group. And we called their super bowl when they played Kansas city. It, it, it looked like they were going to win the game, you know, and then Patrick does what he does late right. in the game, you know, but that, They've got to. They've got to. They got to win their first. First, but uh, I think you might make the argument they have to win two in order for this group, which I think is historically good. But you've got to. You got to win a Super Bowl. I just have one more. I, it just came to me when you said that. I had Julian Julian Edelman on the podcast recently, and he said to me, "The Chiefs are not a dynasty. They've only won two. You got to win three to be a dynasty." <laughs> What's your take on that? As someone who has won several, well, I've won three, so I'll take that. right. You know, okay. I'm, I'm up for that. No, but do no, you agree I, uh, the Chiefs are not a dynasty yet? Oh, I I think they are. I mean, I I do. I think they're going to be the team that is. It, they're definitely going to be remembered already yeah. for what they've done. Yeah, I don't yeah. I don't know what I don't know what dynasty necessarily means, but um, well, you were part of one. <laughs> Tom Brady says you got to win six. So. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say seven, but that was, you know, he only had one with Tampa. Only. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. I got to end it with this. Troy, when are you going on Chris Mad Dog Russo's show? Uh, I'm, I'm going on, I think, next week. Joe, do you know this backstory? No, I was going to say, why is that a thing? What is that? Okay. Mean? So I'll tell you why. I had Russo on this podcast. And you know how he is. So at, at towards the end of the podcast, he started he started ask, interviewing me basically on my own podcast, asking me which broadcasters I've had on and not had on. And I said I've had you know every NFL guy on. I said the one guy I can't get is Charles Barkley. That like out of the huge broadcasters and analysts and sports, the one guy I can't get is Barkley. I, I and, don't know Charles Barkley has ever said no. This is well, he's been on. So I'll, so I'll tell you. So and he says to me, the one guy he can't get is Troy Aikman. So he's never had Troy on. He can't get Troy on. Yeah. And he said he, he said he gets me at the Super Bowl, which I've been on a couple of times. He, he's, he's never asked me. I mean, right. he's never. I couldn't believe that when he said that because, uh, you know, I'm not a big podcast guy, as Joe knows, but I was listening right. to you and I, I reached out to him and said, hey, I heard John with training. And yeah. So two days later, two days later, I get a text from Russo and the entire text is just a screen grab of Troy's text to Russo saying, I heard you on with trainer. I'll come on any time. And Russo is acting, no offense, Troy. He's acting like he won the lottery. Like all, like on his show, he's like, I'm going to have Troy Aikman. Thanks to Trey. He went on, he goes, thanks to the power of trainer. He puts an <laughs> ER on my name. He's like, I've got Troy Aikman coming on. So I was, first of all, I was thrilled because I, I didn't know Troy actually listens. So that was, I know we established that you don't earlier. So Troy does. Yeah, no, I don't. And Russo, like once a week on his show, talks about how Troy's going to come on. And he's over the moon about this. I, I, I'm I'm blown away uh, on many <laughs> different levels because the fact that Troy reached out and and was 
proactive about this to go on with Chris Mad Dog Russo, who I love, absolutely love. Um, that's good. That makes me happy. And I'm glad that you're 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 a matchmaker. You're like Aaron Andrews and Carissa Thompson that's with right. yeah. Kelsey Kelsey yes. and uh, Taylor Swift. You're a facilitator. Right. And, there you and go. Joe is Joe is absolutely right. I've I don't know that I've ever done that before. And uh and it really is for the same well, reason. Well, Doug was despondent. He's like, I can't get Troy. I want Troy. Yeah, I can't which, which it blew me away. Yeah. But I, I to my knowledge, he had never even asked me to do it. You know, I mean, I, so, but he, he, he acts like he had, so I'm not going to question that. He must have, but right. I don't know who he was asking. I mean, PR right. at Fox or PR at ESPN never once has come to me and said, Hey, would you do, would you do Mad Dog? But I reached out to him because I, I do, I do like him. I like him a lot. I, I, well, I he like was him. over the moon, yeah, over good. the moon. Hope yeah. I don't disappoint him when I, yeah. when I go on. And then he got me Barkley. Oh, so, geez. yeah. It worked out. Yeah, so that's what he keeps. He's like, we got Trainer Barkley. Trainer got me Aikman. And yeah, that's, yeah. So. I think you win, Trainer. Trainer. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great podcast with Charles. Yeah, um, I, I appreciate you guys coming on and uh, 22 years together. Enjoy this season and uh, passing John and Pat and uh, enjoy the rest of the way. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you, buddy. Thank right. you. Take care. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Rain or shine, every day is a great day for fishing, right? You got rain gear, but you can't overlook sunny day gear. A Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie has you covered on the sunniest days. Like literally. I mean, who wouldn't trade a sunburn for a trophy fish? But why do it if you don't have to? Especially when this Solar Stream Elite hoodie is built with broad spectrum UV protection. We're talking UPF 50, and it has airflow so you don't overheat. And what's the alternative? Putting down the rod every half hour so you can slather on some sunscreen. Seems like an easy choice to me. Columbia PFG has you covered with their Castback TC shoe. Its OmniMax cushioning and traction system helps if you're on your feet a lot, say, fighting a fish. Not to mention keeping you sure-footed on a wet, rocking boat. So if you're going to be spending long days out on the water, and I sincerely hope that you will be, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG and shop all their performance fishing gear. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. All right, joining me now as he does every week for our Train of Thoughts segment from WFAN Radio in New York, SNY TV in New York, my buddy Sal Cotta. Sal, how's it going? Hi, Jimmy. How are you? I'm good. Hanging in there. Um, <clears throat> we got to start with what's by far and away the biggest topic in the world of myself right now. It has nothing oh. to do with has nothing to do with sports, but it needs to be discussed. Did you see 
the comments from Jerry Seinfeld. No, what happened? <clears throat> so Jerry was doing, I guess, a stand-up show over the weekend, I believe, in Boston. Okay. He must have been taking questions from the audience, which I don't know why he would do that, but although I'm going to be answering listener questions later, so that was... Yeah, you just told me, like, hey, we're going to be doing questions. <laughs> we're yeah, going to be taking questions. I think it could be good. <laughs> I'm Jimmy Trainer. He's Jerry Seinfeld. He doesn't need to be dealing with people. Right. And I guess I'm going to ask them about the Seinfeld finale, which I think I'm the only person who liked. I actually liked right. it. I like seeing all the old characters come back. Agreed. I thought they buttoned it up as well as you could. <clears throat> and he said to the audience, I can't say anything. It's a secret. He goes, but, quote, something is going to happen that has to do with the ending, but it hasn't been done yet. So I don't know if that means an episode i don't know if that means something on the upcoming season of curb because i think he had mentioned larry david would be involved i don't because larry david came back to write the finale so i don't know if he means a super bowl commercial <clears throat> he he didn't say but he said something is going to happen wow you you just made my day i didn't know that that was even i missed that i wonder if it's going to be something on the upcoming season of curb but he said no, because he said it hasn't happened yet. Well, it, he could mean it hasn't air, it's not airing, but they filmed it. I I'm not sure. I, I will just say this. Whatever they do, I want all four of them to be involved. All four have they, to be involved. Right, but I don't, I don't think they would if, <clears throat> I don't think they would do it if they weren't, right? Like um, when they appeared on Curb, weren't all four there? Yes, yes. And the reunion on Curb, to me, was one of the greatest things in television. It was so good. It was so well done. Right. Right. But they now, did a, a Super Bowl. Feel, if it's a curb thing mm -hmm. or if it's going to be like a digital Seinfeld thing, maybe they get out of jail, you know. <laughs> that would be right? good. I mean, that would, would be. They yeah. could start with that for sure. They can I would absolutely assume start. that's where it's going to pick up if they do have something that hasn't been done. So You know, that's a great, great, great call by you that they get out of jail. Wow. Yeah. Maybe that's, you know. How Let's the world see. changed gonna, from where they went. I'm going to do something that's bad for podcasts. I'm going to Google when was the Seinfeld finale? What year was it? Let's see. 98. Right. So 98. Now we're into that's uh, 25 years later. A 25 right, year. But they, but they 25 year jail sentence. Like, they could play it up like that, but they did say one year, right? They were only supposed to be in jail for Oh, one is that year. what it was? Okay. I think so, yeah. Like one year, that's the, not the, that long. <laughs> yeah. The full quote is, something that's is going wrong. to happen that has to do with the ending. It hasn't happened yet. Just what you were thinking about, Larry and I have also been thinking about, so you'll see. Okay. Love it. Well, anything that they do is going to be monstrous, so I'm, I'm in for it, and yeah, I like I, it, whatever it is. See, I this is the thing, though. With my personality, I hate the tease. Like, I hate the fact that he says that hasn't even happened yet. So, like, maybe we're not going to get something for a year. I hate that. I don't like, like, you should have told me right before it's going to happen. Because now I'm going to Yeah, be we'll just forget about it and move on. <clears throat> and then when it happens, you'll be surprised. Easier said than done. Because <laughs> I want to know I'm excited now. about it, but I'm, I'm not going to dwell on it. Oh, I will dwell. I'm excited and I will dwell. I will do both. Um, the only thing I wanted to ask you from the sports world have you 
I know you're a Met fan, so I would imagine it might be a little tough to get into the MLB playoffs, but have you been watching? Do you care? No. I saw the play last night live because I was rooting for the Phillies. The double play? Um, so I saw the, I saw, yeah, I saw the ending, but I, I have not. I, I will, and, and I guess as we go on further here, I'll try to maybe pay more attention to it, but I don't think it's been very good. The fact mm. that the Orioles have gotten uh, behind 0-2, I think, hurts. The Dodgers have been awful. The first round series were dreadful. Really, the Phillies Braves matchup is the only one that I think is good. I don't care about the Twins Astros myself, maybe, <clears> but like, no, I'm not into it to answer your question. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. Oh, you into it or no? Yeah, I'm into it. I love All seeing the I love seeing the Diamondbacks get two games in LA. I love seeing the Twins. They won a game in Houston. The scenes in Philly are the best. They haven't the Braves Phillies haven't played that yet. The Phillies played that. I mean there's to watch that on TV. The scenes in Philadelphia are tremendous. But <clears throat> that game last night with the on, on Monday night, we're taping this on Tuesday with the Austin Riley Homer and then the double play. Um, I, I do think I'd like these series to be seven games. The problem with baseball is the regular season is just too long. They got to cut two weeks off the regular season and have this start sooner because and then make this round seven games because. They have the World Series going until like, you know, November. It's, they've got it. I don't know. You know, it took them forever to do the pitch clock, which everyone knew had to happen. Right. And it's taking them forever to like fix the scheduling, but it's something that like needs to be fixed. I don't see how they don't see that. Yeah. I don't like the, I don't mind the, look, I don't like the extra team, but I, I'm okay with it if they make the, ultimate games. Like, I want the elimination wildcard game. The, the best of three is, it does nothing for me. Like it's and these series for two years now have been so bad. Then you have the layoff with teams who have a bye and they haven't been very good. So I don't know. That just, see, I have no sympathy well. for a team that is struggling after a layoff. You've if you can't get ready, that's on you. But right, that's just how I feel. But it's a part of it. It's not that they can't get ready. You just add a rhythm. Anyway, I don't even necessarily care about that. I just the best of three takes away from think about it you could have every series guaranteed elimination game like your people watch elimination games so the game one of a wild card series eh, whatever game two it's like okay well this team if they win today it's over and that's exactly what happened in, in that happened in all the series all two all games the series yeah. are two games yeah yeah so like but imagine if those four were ultimate games winner go home you're watching every one of those four <clears throat> They, the problem is, if you're going to have all these teams make the playoffs, there's just no perfect, like, there's just way too many teams that make the playoffs. But I get I get why they do that, because they want to have all this extra inventory during the postseason. Right. It just makes the regular season so meaningless. Like these well, teams, you know. But, um, all right, like I said, I'm going to start answering questions on the pod every week. Um, people always send me good questions and I think it's good fodder for the podcast more than just throwing out an answer on Twitter and then we okay. can discuss and get into something. So <clears throat> I just, I threw it out there. This not a long time ago, so we don't have a ton, but we'll get it going this week. Um, it's also funny to see when someone asks a question, when you can tell they're not really a regular reader or listener. For instance, we have a question here from Matt Ramis for years. I only knew the direct TV version of Red Zone. This year is my first look at Scott Hansen at the Scott Hansen version. What an improvement. What are your thoughts? I don't watch the Red Zone. Have not watched one second of the Red Zone this year. 
I have YouTube Sunday ticket. I I had Scott Hansen on the podcast before the season started. He was great. I enjoyed talking to him. Seems like a great dude. I can't offer you an opinion on the red zone because I have not watched one second of it this season. Don't watch it. Never have. Likely never will. Hansen was Sorry. great, though. Hansen I was loved great. It. Yeah, I'm sure he was. I mean, uh, who was the other guy? Siciliano was the guy. Andrew Siciliano. Yeah. 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 Like, I just... I'm not knocking them. I'm not knocking the channel. It's never been for me. I I am the red zone in my house. Right. I don't need the red zone. I have all the games up. I'll go which ones I want. That's just the way that I like to watch it. So I feel bad for Siciliano. I, I, I thought he got a raw deal because they got rid of the direct TV and they went to YouTube and then his version was out. So that's a bummer so for him. What is he, but, but he's still with NFL Network, right? <clears throat> yeah, he does a lot of work for the NFL Network. At NFL Plus. But he just, so he lost that particular job. Yeah, they got, they got rid of the whole thing. They just had the Scott Hansen one. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Rain or shine, every day is a great day for fishing, right? You got rain gear, but you can't overlook sunny day gear. A Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie has you covered on the sunniest days, like literally. I mean, who wouldn't trade a sunburn for a trophy fish? But why do it if you don't have to? Especially when this Solar Stream Elite hoodie is built with broad-spectrum UV protection. We're talking UPF 50, and it has airflow so you don't overheat. And what's the alternative? Putting down the rod every half hour so you can slather on some sunscreen. Seems like an easy choice to me. Columbia PFG has you covered with their Castback TC shoe. Its OmniMax cushioning and traction system helps if you're on your feet a lot, say, fighting a fish. Not to mention keeping you sure-footed on a wet, rocking boat. So if you're going to be spending long days out on the water, and I sincerely hope that you will be, head over to Columbia.com PFG and shop all their performance fishing gear. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Moose Block asked, what guests do you have for some of the upcoming podcasts? So I really don't book it in advance. I really just book it week to week. This is a case where this, the last couple were booked weeks in advance. So I have someone next week. I, I can't say who it is yet, but you will enjoy it. It's someone who has never, ever been on the podcast before. And uh, the day before, I guess, maybe I'll tweet out that he's coming on. But you're going to want to, you're going to want to listen next week. I guarantee you. Um, so do I even know about this or no? I don't know if I told you. I'll text you, told you after. Me who, who's, yeah, you told me this week. Yeah, I need to know yeah, this now. Week, now you got me. Yeah. You, you, you uh, what maybe Jerry I won't did. tell you. Pay yeah. Off here. yeah. <laughs> uh, Michael Silvers, to your knowledge, has Tom Brady done any practice games yet? I mean, I don't know, but there's no way he's done practice games. He probably won't do games until next preseason. So I think Tom is just enjoying it. It's funny. 
Everyone thought he wasn't going to become a broadcaster. Now everyone, I think, realizes he is going to become a broadcaster. But and and he, Fox is still going ahead with that plan to move Olsen. Well, listen, on October tenth, two thousand and twenty-three. Yes, what's going to happen in September of twenty twenty-four? Who the hell knows? You know, but. they should not. Just just my opinion on it. Don't mess with Burkhart Olsen. Bring Brady in on the number two team and let him do his thing with somebody well, else. I, I, would, I would guarantee you, I'd be willing to bet big money Tom has it in his contract that he has to be on the number one team. Tom Brady's not going to Fox to be on the number two team with Joe Davis. It's not happening. It's just a mistake. I mean, you're going to have a guy now who hasn't done it before replace a successful team when they need depth as it is on their broadcasts. I think what's ultimately my prediction for what's going to happen is I think they're going to make it a three man booth with Olsen and Brady. That's what I think. I don't know if I like that either. Three man booth. <clears throat> That's what I think. Tom's never done it. He's got to get his feet wet. Uh, one that I like now. I like the Catalan Matt Ryan and Tiki Barber one. Big shocker. You like lot. Matt Ryan. Like, well, and Tiki. I mean, I'm, I work with Tiki. And he's right. the nicest guy ever. And I love Matt Ryan <laughs> because he was a great player for the Falcons. But uh, I generally, I think three could be a crowd. Yes, I agree. But I think it'll be – that's what I think they're going to do because I've written this before. If they blow out Olsen, move him to number two, put in Brady, they're going to make people hate Brady before he even calls a game. Right. That's my theory. Yeah. That's All what right. I'm saying. You got something that's working. Don't mess with it. Yeah. Got a question here. Dr. Nacho MD. I was listening to a podcast hosted by one or two of your frequent guests and their guest would not stop rambling. So exasperating. I had to turn it off. Have you encountered that? How do you manage it? So we can both, you do interviews as well. I, you know, I get the number one criticism I get for this podcast is that I cut off my guests. The way I handle is I just cut someone off. I mean, You've got to move the conversation. You can't. Have, it depends what they're rambling about, too. I mean, sometimes they're rambling and they're giving you a good answer. But if you want to move the conversation, if you're thinking, is the listener still here? Is this making the listener want to shut this off? You got to just cut off the guest. I know it's rude, but that's what I do. What do you do? It's different with radio. We're taught, especially now. First of all, we, we it's minimal with guests. If you like it, especially for a day part. And, and a show with a partner. If I'm on the overnight by myself, a little bit of a different story. You get five hours to fill. You need to figure out a way to make the show good. Changing it up with a guest for 15 minutes, not the end of the world. During the day, if we do have a guest on, it's just got to be keep it moving. I'll have a feel for when if I feel like it's dragging, I just jump in and cut right. them off and keep it moving on to something else. <clears throat> Those questions came from Twitter. Got a few on Instagram where everyone is nice. So these are all like nice questions. Um, Tony Boz, what guest has been your biggest challenge when interviewing? I love your show. It's a good question. I'll, I'll say it this way. Anyone who comes on for the first time is a challenge because you don't have any rapport. They don't know my sense of humor. They don't know the vibe, what I'm going for. So whenever someone comes on for the first time, that's why the Barkley thing was shocking to me. I had never spoken to Barkley. He came on and there was no like feeling out period. He was great from the get-go. A lot of times if someone hasn't been on, um, it's hard to get something going. And then if there's a time limit, that that's a problem. Because it takes, I would say, 
it takes at least 15 minutes to get comfortable and then you can have a conversation for the people who've never been on before. So the first timers are always the biggest challenge for me. What about you? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, again, I don't, it's totally different what we do because you're guest centric on your podcast. Every week you have a guest. I, I never okay, really but, thought. But you have to have challenges doing any interview that, I mean, you have on, you have on players after they lose a game. Is that a challenge? All right. So here's, here's maybe a specific challenge that like we had a Dory Jackson on today. He's a weekly spot. The giants get their teeth kicked in every week. Like I even said to him today, flat out, I'm tired of asking you the same questions and hearing the same answers and nothing's changing. Right. So like, yeah, that's the challenge when you you know what the players are going to give you or not going to give you. And you got to ask the question anyway. You know, you're not going to get much from it. I guess that's that's the probably the toughest challenge or making yeah. something out of nothing. You know, trying to make a way that, to make it entertaining, which I don't right. even know if we did. But. Yeah, if I had to interview a player whose team is, what are they, one in four every week, yeah. that would be a challenge. That would when, be fun. They literally do, like, like they don't even, they don't even compete in the game. So it's, it's right. I'm saying the same thing. Hey, you guys didn't tackle. What do you got to do next week? Well, we got to tackle better. Yeah, but you didn't do it last week. So why would I think you could do it this week? So that, it, it yeah. is challenging, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Chris Goley in 65 asks, best practices for starting a football or sports podcast. I, I wish I could answer this and offer you some advice. I mean, I don't even know how to make this podcast grow. So I, I would, I'm being serious. Like, it's just so, we talked about this last week with um, Brian Curtis. There's just so many podcasts out there. It's just impossible to try to convince people to listen to yours. There's just so many. I would just, what I would say to Chris is, do it the way you want to do it. Don't worry about who's listening and just, you know, try to spread the word. There's, there's really no magical formula. It really isn't. Yeah. Just, just do whatever you do. Make sure you love doing it and do it passionately. And then you hope it takes off, but don't right. try to do something that you think people are going to catch on to. You, that's never right. going to work. All right, so those are the questions that came in. Like I said, I didn't put the call mm -hmm. out too long ago, but those are good questions. We'll do that on a weekly basis here and uh, get you guys more involved. Appreciate you guys listening and sending questions. Keep sending them in. And um, that's it. So I will see you next week. Try to get into the baseball playoffs. All right, feel better there. I get to tell you're dealing with a little bit of a cold and yeah, whatever issues you get going on yeah. yeah, I hope it's not All the right, big city. I know you, you, you don't handle these things well. Most Italian men don't, I know. My mother always used to tell me. <laughs> no, I'm, that's not true. I actually, I see, I'd rather not go through, like, I guess I'm going to go get a COVID test because I have a sore throat and I'm coughing. I have no problem with that. My thing is I want to know what's wrong right away. Like, if I have COVID, tell me I have COVID. If I don't, tell me right away so I know what I'm in for. The, what I have going on isn't really that. Like, I feel fine, except I woke up with a sore throat. Right. But yeah. um, I don't want to deal with like if there's like 80 people at urgent care. Like that's the problem. Yeah. Just tell me I what I have wrong. Let me deal with it. And then I'll, I'll be fine. I <laughs> would have liked to have gotten sick later in the week. So then I'm just, you know, watching football all weekend. And, you know, you don't feel bad about doing that. All right. You, you don't want to be sick middle of the week. See, if this was back in the days when we worked in the office, then I would like to get sick during the week.
because then you call out. Call on sick. When yeah, you work right. from no, home, no there's no calling out. We're screwed. You got to work. Right. So. You just there's no advantage to being sick when you're sick working from home. Exactly. No advantage. Yeah. Don't I forget to text days. me the guest because I, oh, I yeah, want to yeah. know now. Yeah, All yeah. right. I miss the days when you would call up like five in the morning, leave like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not feeling well. I can't come in today. <laughs> then you're no, out at the, the beach. Is, then you're at the beach. The, yeah. The stress of having to make that call was almost never worth it. But then That's once true. you got that call in, it was like, right. yes, I'm yeah. free. I did you it. You got to worry about your acting performance. And what I will say, Jimmy, real quick, for those of you who are like young mm. and, and have whatever jobs that you're doing, in, in, you know, at a high school or trying to make some money while you're going to college, just call in sick when you need to. Like, because I used to sweat calling in sick to Home Depot or King Colin. It doesn't mean shit. Right. They'll survive. Right. Call in sick. You're not going to get in trouble. Live your fucking life. I mean, do <laughs> well, don't, within don't go over your sick days. You don't want to do that. Right. But don't be afraid to use them. I know I've known a couple of people over the years, two people over the years who had too many sick days and got in trouble for it. So really don't go crazy, but use them, use them when them you now yeah. Dif different story. But like back then I was so afraid to call and sick to home Depot and looking back, I'm like, come on, bro, you should have used those days that you had. Well, yeah, that's, I'm talking about if you have like your job now, like no, I'm calling talking when about you a real job. I'm yeah. So I'm talking about like when you first, you, before you get that real job. Right. Uh, yeah, I agree. You don't even have to show up to that other job half the time. <laughs> All right, so we'll see you next week. All right, I'll talk to you later. Take All it right. easy. All right, my thanks to Joe Buck and Troy Aikman and, of course, to Sal Akata as always. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode. If you did and you're not a subscriber, hit that subscribe button and subscribe to SI Media with Jimmy Trainer. Leave a review on Apple. And uh, it helps tremendously if you can if you can rate and review. If you missed any recent episodes, go into the archives and check them out. Brian Curtis of The Ringer was on the podcast last week. Andrew Marshan of The New York Post two weeks ago. Kevin Clark from ESPN three weeks ago. So check those out. And again, subscribe to SI Media with Jimmy Trina. All right. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. We'll see you next week. We have a good one next week. I promise you. Someone who's never been on the pod before. So you'll want to check it out. So uh, till next week, stay safe and take care. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.